One. Welcome back, listeners and subscribers. We've had a little bit of a break, but we are back. We oh, are yeah. older in some cases. Oh, we, are, oh, yeah. we are a Disney trip, another Disney trip down in other cases. Uh, oh, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to For Your Amusement. The podcast and, and flight delays. And flight delays. And flight oh, delays. Oh, we, oh. Want to that. <laughs> we are the podcast that talks all about theme parks all around the country and all for your amusement. Give it up for the birthday boy, Nolan. And yeah. what's going on, yeah. guys? Yep, uh, a week later, and uh, I feel totally different. <laughs> it might it might have been it might it might have been uh, the age, or it might have been uh, I was growing my beard out in honor of James Harden, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. So, so how was? Yeah, first of all, happy birthday from the Appreciate pod. Appreciate it. So, give me give me the rundown. How was your birthday, dude? Uh, it was pretty good. It's honestly kind of hard to remember. Not not because like, I got drank, but like it was really good. I'm not sure if that's from age or I, I don't really know. But um, onset dementia. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to my doctor. Um, no, so it was it was really good. Um, had a good day. Um, nothing too crazy, you know. Twenty sevens, nothing too wild. Um, I went to the gym. You know, had a good birthday lift. <laughs> did that. Yeah. Um, in particular, did nothing too crazy, you know, I went to dinner, and, uh, family, and we went to, a the Hard Rock Casino, had a good time there, and, uh, it was actually really funny, because, um, I was playing around, like, I was hit and miss, um, on the slots, and, uh, Kyle knows him, but our friend Marms called me, or wanted me to call him while I was there, and, uh, he's like, yo, when you get a chance, and you're playing roulette, Put it all on black, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. So um, I was, I set a, a time limit that I had, I was gonna leave at 11 o'clock, and I got to like 10:50, and uh, I was down to like maybe 50, 60, 50 bucks, and I was playing roulette, got it down to maybe 25, I think it was getting really, really saucy, and uh, we got it back to 50, and I said, you know what, I had that mom's voice in my head. And I put it on black, and I put it, and it came out black. And it was one of the funniest things, just because, you know, like, I didn't win or lose anything. I, I came out even, but it was just, like, the fun of it, you know, and birthday. So that was really cool. And it was a really weird thing, too, was uh, when I first walked in there, there's a roulette table um, right when you walk in under the escalators. And the first two numbers were number 27 and number 2. So that was like kind of wild when I saw that. I was like, "Huh?" Ah. So, but uh, my mom won like 300 400 bucks, which is pretty wicked like hey, watching that. that. Yeah, she she's always doing crazy wicked witch stuff. I don't get it. Voodoo <laughs> magic. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was uh it was really good. So no complaints. We got uh we got another one. Kyle, your birthday is is it in March? It's March second, actually. March 2nd. I was gonna say the third. Okay. Yeah, episode. you pretty much you pretty much got like boom, boom, uh, boom. three birthdays in like two months apart. Yeah, like exactly a month apart, almost or two can't months apart. That's can't free. Him, join. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's sounds like a damn good birthday. Anytime at the casino is a good time, even if you lose. Hopefully, you're not addicted to it, and hopefully, you're not addicted to <laughs> drinking. Um. So yeah. So, uh, really quick, I just came back from the greatest place, the happiest place on Earth, Walt Disney World, again. Uh, I want to keep this really, really quick into the highlights because uh, we can get carried away here. So, I, I have three highlights that I want to uh, inform the folks, the friendly folks of the For Your Amusement podcast. For the first time, I was finally able to ride the Slinky Dog Coaster, and every time that I go, it's been over an hour wait, and I just didn't think it was worth it, and it was raining this day, it rained the entire day, it was like almost probably the high high 40s, 47, 48 degrees, consistent rain, so the wait times were down, so I went, and I'm here to tell you folks, well, first of all, Kyle, have you been on it by chance? On, a, on Slinky Dog? Yeah. I think I have. I can't remember exactly, but I think I have. 
Okay, I'm here to say if you're a kid or you're 90 years old and you don't have heart <laughs> conditions, yeah. I highly recommend going on it because I had I had the greatest time in the world. And Nolan and I have talked about this numerous times on the podcast. But if you go on an outdoor coaster, uh, we always highly recommend to ride it at night. There is a different element to it that almost can't be described. It's a lot more fun. Um, it has a whole different feeling that, again, I kind of can't put into words. You just have to experience it for yourself. And I wrote it at night, and I don't know if it was the freezing cold and sick of being wet, and I just had to laugh it off, but I had the most fun on that ride that I had on any ride of the trip. Um, it's a great roller coaster. It is kid-friendly, so if you're familiar with the uh, the Barnstorm coaster, it's a little bit more intense than that. It does have launches. It's not very fast. Um, but, yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend it. So we go from positive to a negative, and it's not really a big negative, but it certainly is a negative. I saw the Indiana Jones show for the first time since they brought it back because they shut it down for COVID, obviously. And uh, I don't know if it was the show that I saw specifically, but I'm assuming this was standard. They uh, absolutely fucked up the show. So the the uh, show itself happens in three acts, and the very beginning he ends up, he enters by dropping down from the ceiling – and there's a whole big lead up to him stealing the idol and being chased by the boulder. And obviously he survives the crush and the scene cuts and they move on to the next scene. So in this, he doesn't fall down from the ceiling anymore. He comes from over the rocks and his torch is already lit, which is super disappointing because that entrance is probably one of the greatest entrances in theme park show history. But he gets to the top and he does the whole dramatic thing with the sandbag and he switches it for the idol. He looks it up. You know, the lighting's really dramatic. The music's getting really tense. And the director, the fake director who's dressed in really shitty clothing, goes, cut. And I'm looking around and I'm saying, cut, cut, cut what? What are we, what the fuck are we cutting? So I'm, I'm assuming there's like a reset. We're going to, you know, reset and roll the ball down. No, they start separating the set pieces. So that was super disappointing. They don't really shoot anymore. Hindi doesn't come out and shoot that guy who ends up with the, the sword, the big guy on the, on the mound. They cut that completely. Uh, the fire that him and Marion jump over at the end after freeing her from the plane, they cut that completely, but they still do all the giant pyro at the end, which makes no sense. So if you've never seen it before, you're certainly going to have a great time, but if you have seen it, it's not what you remember. Anyway, next time you go, uh, just keep that in mind. So the lightsabers are back in stock, and I would say they're back to full stock. And from when I went, they didn't have bags if you built a lightsaber at Savi's workshop. But from what I read recently, a day or two ago, they brought them back. So I can't confirm because I haven't seen it with my own eyes. But according to the Internet, which is a completely unreliable source, the bags are back if you build yourself a lightsaber, which is good because they were giving you a 10% discount. But, you know, it's still a lot of fucking money to build a lightsaber. So I had a great time. Regardless, the weather was really shit for most of it, and it was pretty cold for Florida standards. But, um, yeah, Disney's always a great time, and uh, that's that. No more Figment Popcorn Buckets. Festival of the Arts is coming to an end at the end of this month. So I think they, they uh, had a limited run of that, and that was that. So, so yeah. going to Disney anymore. No Figment Buckets. See, Kyle, you know, <laughs> Kyle's asking the right questions, to be honest with you. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, if you're if you're gonna go to Disney um, and you're gonna go to multiple parks, again, I've experienced it already. This is my second time at the Festival of the Arts. I'll say it three times: go, 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 and you'll have a great time. It's uh, go get it. exactly. So that's um, that. So, so, oh, go ahead. Are you you have something else? No, I was gonna start talking about the earnings. So go for it if you have something else. Yeah, uh, I said two questions real quick. Okay, yeah, uh, absolutely. So what? How would you compare um, Slinky Dog to, I guess, other coasters in Orlando, you know, with speed or, or height and stuff like that, or elements, too? Um, okay, this is a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of a universal coaster that I can compare it to. Um, I want to say... Um, yeah, my my memory is not so great right now. Flight of the Hippogriff, I think it's called. Is that yeah. what it's called next to Hagrid's? Yeah. So it's kind of it kind of has that like slow turn feel. It's not the same setup by any means. It's more of a Hagrid setup where there are um, straight launches. Um, right. I'm trying to think. There there really isn't a coaster that I can compare it to at Universal because everything there is kind of intense. 
Uh, is, is it kind of like a Big Thunder? A little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty decent way to describe it. It is kind of like Big Thunder. Um, Big Thunder with launches. Let's, let's let's use that. I think that's a good way to gotcha. describe it. Dope. Oh, Dope. hold on. Before you ask your next question, um, Kyle, did you end up going to the, the cantina, by the way? Olga's cantina when you were in no, I the studio? I, I couldn't get in then. Um, okay. But I do want to go next time I go. That's on my list. So What's, I'm here to – oh, go ahead. Sorry. What do you think of it? Uh, yeah, that was my question. So it's really great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's pretty small inside, and if you it's ninety percent standing. So if you're hoping that you're going to get a seat, it's luck of the draw, unless you're like Leonardo DiCaprio or something like that. So uh, <laughs> it go with a deep pocket because the drinks are minimum twenty dollars. I mean that's fucking absurd for an alcoholic beverage, but they're really good. So I had the Bespin Fizz. I had two of them. Yes, I spent forty dollars on drinks. I know it's ridiculous. But they were really, really good, I promise. Um, everybody, I had a like a chip dip, which comes with a olive muffalata spread and some chips. It was only 11 bucks, and it was really, really good. I highly recommend that. Um, it's a good atmosphere. If you can get in, get in. I was going to get a tiki mug that they had, and it was $45, and I didn't love Star Wars that much. But if you collect tiki mugs, I would definitely get one because they're really fucking cool. So anyway, that was just a sidebar. Nolan, what was your other question? Um, my question was going to be, um, cause you mentioned last, uh, podcast episode, you went to the Be Our Guest experience. Um, did you have any cool dining or eating experiences or maybe negative, ex- negative experience? Uh, the, the best dining experience that I had, okay, I can't remember if I'd been here as a kid because being a kid seems like a very, Distant past. Um, I went to the 50s Primetime Cafe, and it's probably my favorite dining experience in the Disney parks. It is so much fun, the interaction that you have with your waiter. They love to tease you. I put my elbows on the table on purpose just to see if I could get yelled at, and I certainly did get yelled at. Um, I I told him I I, I lobbied for something, so folks, if this happens, uh, you can blame me for it. I told our waiter, I said, so it's okay for me to put my elbows on the table, but it's, or it's not okay for me to put my elbows on my table, but it is okay for me to be on my phone. And he looks at me and he stops. And he goes, you had, he, his name was Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. He goes, you have, you have a really great point. He goes, I'm going to have to talk to my boss about this. (laughs) So if this, if this happens, folks, I, uh, I truly do apologize. They have this thing called a clean plate sticker. So you're encouraged to wipe your plate clean. Um, which may be a cause of obesity for uh, some people. So um, I would highly recommend cleaning your plate and getting that sticker because it's a uh, sense of accomplishment, to be honest with you. Um, the food is really good. I got the pot roast. Um, yeah, I had good food the whole trip, to be honest. I don't think I have anything negative to say. Except for the prices. It's fucking expensive to eat, dude. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I literally spent uh, I'm literally spent over a hundred dollars a day on fucking food, and I only ate at a restaurant once, so that's that. Well, it sounds like all in all, you had a pretty decent trip, and I mean, you're lucky enough to be able to kind of get there back to back. Yeah, this is the luxury of living in this state too. Living in Florida, if you don't live in Florida, I'm not encouraging you guys to come down here because <laughs> it's the wild west out here. Yeah. But having Orlando a few hours away is really great. Yeah. I'm uh, so except good. Kyle. Except Kyle. Kyle, I encourage you to come and move to Florida. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely want to get down there at some point, you know, and get to Universal and Disney once uh, all this COVID, you know, stuff is cleared up. That's definitely a huge goal. I think we're getting towards the end here, so hopefully that happens soon. Knock on wood. That would be awesome. I would love yeah. that. Knock on wood for sure. Yeah. So... Let's move on. So moving on. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, Nick, you can start it. Sticking, sticking with the Disney trends, sticking with the uh, the uh, earnings for quarter the quarter one. Um, Disney has pulled in almost just over seven billion in revenue for the first quarter, which is the highest since COVID happened. 
And uh, I'm going to let Nolan go into a little bit more detail on this, but they've attributed that to uh, the lightning lane. And what else, Nolan? There was something else. The lightning lane and... Genie Plus. Genie Plus. So they... We we have ridiculed this time and time again of of having the purchase of a quote unquote express pass a fast pass which they now call the lightning lane. Um, your wait time is greatly reduced and the prices are a little outrageous for the popular rides. It's an individual purchase and there's a fifteen dollar purchase for a grouping of a lot of popular rides on the mansion parts of the Caribbean, Space Mountain. But all of these have return times, so if the return times are booked up at a busy time, you're not going to be able to ride that ride with the lightning lane, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, I guess open forum, open floor, this is really good for Disney. I know you guys haven't experienced the lightning lane firsthand, but because of this boost for Disney, which is good for, you know, park goers, do we feel any different about it, or are we still in the same boat? I mean, people are making jokes that uh, with these stats they are gonna eventually hand it over and make a uh a lightning lane for the bathrooms <laughs> um but i i mean like i i think about it whereas like i don't i don't know the exact prices of disney hotels or say maybe you go off-site you know but say you're at like a cheaper hotel and you have the option to buy that lightning lane pass you know um I don't think it's the worst thing just because, say, you know, like, Universal per night at a hotel that has Express, usually you're looking at 250 to 300 a night. Obviously, it splits into whatever, but um, with, like, a hotel at Disney, you know, if you stay at one of the lower-value ones or you stay off-site, um, you know, if you add in the Lightning Pass plus the extra add-on to it, I mean, yes, it is more money. But you have an option, you know, so, like, you don't have – it's not a necessity, say, you, like, realize the lines aren't too long and you can do this and that. Obviously, you have the trouble of, of having to do all that when the park opens and what time, and so that's not the best thing. But I feel like there is a positive to come out of it, you know. I think that they're eventually probably going to move forward with it and maybe uh, improving it in ways. But uh, it's definitely, I think, a lot better than I – I feel like I first uh, uh, saw it. So, mm. all right, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn because, like, I get, I get it, and like, I would, I would probably use it, but I'm still on that, you know, that point that I brought up, saying that families are saving so much for this, you know, for this thing, and you know, for this trip, and then to have them add on another you know, $20 or whatever it is, $20 a ride. I mean, I, I get it, but it's just, it's not, it's not really the best, I think. Just because, you know, just let, I mean, you're, you're making it inaccessible for the families that, you know, want to go there and that should go there. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. Um, it, it's kind of like, like, I like the way Kyle said that he was torn. I mean, you can see both sides of it because obviously if the company is earning uh, ridiculous amounts in profit, that leads to more expansions, rides, experiences, uh, yada, yada, more opportunities for them to grow, hopefully in the right ways with fucking Shepek, you never know. So I have used it and it's good, but the the price just doesn't, it doesn't really justify it. It's It's fucking astronomical um but the one thing that i want to say real fast because no one was mentioning something about hotels i was looking at the hotel prices just for shits and giggles throughout the year we're talking for the wilderness lodge animal kingdom lodge anything that was considered a i don't know if you consider a deluxe hotel or whatever but you're you're almost going to spend about a thousand dollars a night uh, in a busy time, it, right? It, see, it, it just it rips your heart out. So it kind of makes that Star Wars hotel look a little bit better from a financial perspective. But then again, you see the amenities that you're getting and for what they're charging, and it just makes you think twice about it. So I'm really curious to see because this thing is opening up soon. Well, I think within the next month, month and a half, whatever it is, um, I'm really curious to see what we actually get because. 
you know, what what they're talking about and what they're delivering could be two different things. So once we see it, we'll be able to judge it. And we're certainly going to talk about it on this podcast. But, um, yeah, if you ever want to have, like, a really fun uh, fuck around time, go on that Disney app and just go through December, November and pick a really expensive hotel and just let your jaw hit the floor. So anyway, that was just a sidebar. Yeah, and But it is – I because I – I was there uh, in Disney um, last, not like uh, 2020 of winter. Um, I was in like, I went through different hotels, you know, holiday time. And it's just, it is very expensive, but um, it's just the atmosphere and the environment is really just like unlike any other place, you know. So like Mm -hmm. you do get that perk where it's like something that is, I think, worth your money. But obviously not everybody has that. That's, uh, That's a huge amount to, you know pitch in especially if you're out of town or you have a lot of people with you you know so it's it's uh you know there's pros and cons so but it's just it is crazy and i I am curious to see kind of what direction they kind of um lean that towards when it comes to hospitality and the hotels at disney world and maybe universal dot 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 (laughs) yeah very true which is also uh, one of the things that i've also tried to keep in my head is when you get an expensive hotel how much time do you really spend in the hotel mm-hmm. so keep right. that in mind too no no i i agree um kyle you got oh. anything else before we uh move on now we can move on nick you good yeah so really quick they had a 40 percent uh increase with guests purchasing merchandise which is also really good um, the, the stuff that I've noticed that they're churning out now is the, the, the quality of merchandise is much higher. I don't think Disney is about giving you souvenirs. Disney has become a lifestyle brand, especially with the partnership with, with, uh, Funko Pop and the lounge fly bags and their merchandise is just superior to any other theme park out there. So, uh, shout out to them for really bringing that around. And I think Iger had a lot to do with that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, um, uh, do you guys want to talk about, uh, the one and only about uh, maybe getting the, getting the boot. Yeah, let's I, do it. Kyle, I'm going to let you leave I, this one off, dude. Sound off with a freaking bullhorn. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Nolan, you want to explain? No, this is, this is up your alley. Uh, no, this is you always, this, you're leaving the charge. Hey, okay, you got so, Mr. Bob <laughs> himself, a.k.a. Chapstick. He is getting some heat, as we've discussed many times on this podcast. He's ruffled the feathers of more than a few Disney fans. So there was um, a call to, a call or something recently, like an investor's call or stakeholder's call or something, where a bunch of Disney fans had reportedly bought stock and were trying to organize a coup to get Mr. Chappick out of Disney. So I'm for it. I don't know if I don't think that was successful. I don't know if it's going to continue, but it's a huge statement because I mean, no one tried to do that with Bob Iger. What do you guys think? What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I mean, Nick Nick definitely has a more um, what's the word? A a a better. Reasoning, you know, he's a huge Disney fan. Um, he goes there so much, buys so much merch. So he definitely has a huge, you know, following when it comes to this. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's very interesting. And, and it, it, it definitely raises an eyebrow of, you know, how many people so far want this guy out of his position, you know. And to me, I maybe, I, I kind of feel like it's possible where they could get, it's, they can get, if they could get enough people that sign off on this, you know, and maybe some people that are higher up, you know, or involved with it, where maybe it's like a, the people and the people get them out of office and they overthrow them and they uh, retake the city, you know, <laughs> it's like sort of something like that. And I yeah. mean, I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, and it's it just it's just wild, you know, because you really don't see a company especially a company as big as this that has this big of a problem when it comes to their ownership and their direction 
so so close to when they were initiated when it came to the the chief officer you know so it's yeah. kind of just wild to kind of sit back and kind of see how things play out so i just want to say really fast from a leadership perspective i think the best way to lead is creatively and from a fearless standpoint so i think when shepek was Unfortunately, given the the position of of CEO, I I feel like his tactics to bring the company to an elevated level are from a business perspective, and everything is nickel and diming. And I think he's penny wise and pound foolish in a lot of aspects mm-hmm. because I don't see this is the one thing that I'm not clear on. And you know, we're, we're not part of we're not in the in, in the the uh, the command room as they say. So we don't know exactly what's going on. We're just speculating from what we're hearing. I don't know if the lightning lane was was already being implemented and groomed through Iger because I feel like it had to be because Shepek is brand new to the position. There's no way that they could have drummed this up that quickly. So I don't know if he's getting uh, flack for something that he really didn't have that much involvement in. And, yes, he did have involvement because he was under Iger. But I, I want to see – because he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I hate to say it because that's just the reality of the matter – so in a in a year or two years time, I really want to see what's going to happen with, you know, we we have huge delays with Tron. We have we have you know Epcot under <laughs> freaking a battleground right now. It looks like absolute shit. The front of the park looks fucking terrible. The Guardians is about to open over the summer. So if they start hitting on the new opening attractions, which is what you go for, you don't go there to fucking spend thousands of dollars on merchandise. You go to ride the rides. You go to watch the shows. You go to eat good food. Have a good time with your family. So then I think they need to bring it back to the core, and that's experiences. And they're trying that with the Star Wars Hotel, which unfortunately I think is going to be a giant flop. Again, this is totally speculation. I'm never going to go there because I'm not spending that much money just to see at a fucking hotel. But I'm rambling right now, but this is basically just a whole thing saying I want to wait until I make a true judgment. I fuck around too much. I make a true judgment on Chepek. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of time, but he's, he's on a, sh- a short leash. That is fair. Yeah, that's really fair. Look, look, I guess my main, yeah, my main qualm with him, um, as you guys know, I mean, you know, the big thing is, you know, the being so monetarily driven, and I get it, you're a business, but I think when you're Disney in particular, you have to be careful because people kind of, you know, people idolize your brand and they see it as like magic, quote unquote. And mm-hmm. so when you're doing that, I think you have to be fully, I don't want to say invested, because I'm sure he's invested, but he's, you've got to be, like, full, you've got to, like, kind of be um, embody the brand. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, no matter what you want to say, like, Bob Iger did that. Like, Bob Iger, Nick, I know that you just read his book. Like, he came up from, like, the very, like, depths of, you know, the company. Like, he started out, like, as a lowly assistant in, like, a you know, working on a TV show and worked his way up into that position and he you know he wore you know he wore disney stuff all the time you know little pins and ties and things when he didn't have to and no one would notice you know things like that where i think that i think bob Iger, i think or not bob but i think bob chaffick just doesn't doesn't seem like he wants to do that and like i think the way that he grows the company versus bob Iger, and i promise i'll wrap up the point real quick so bob Iger, he took risks like he he bought um, he bought Pixar, he bought Lucasfilm, he bought Marvel, and like that's how he was able to grow the company and grow the like monetarily. Whereas Chapnick just goes, all right, you know, let's let's add you know ten dollars for the Lightning Lane Pass, twenty dollars for this ride, you know, let's let's jack up the prices, and like that's that seems lazy to me, and it seems like he doesn't understand the consumer. That's just what it seems to me. Which, oh man, I, we could have a whole episode on this, to be honest with you, because I could just keep going on and on. I think, just really quick points before we move on, because we do have some other stuff to get to. That's kind of fun. So, um, Bob Iger, he, he sat under uh, Michael Eisner, um, and it, before Iger was given the position, it, it seemed bleak. He was put through the ringer to get it. And he just he, – he thought the odds were against him. He was pressed pretty hard. I think it, it's probably easier to get a job in the CIA than it was to get the, the position that Iger had. So um, 
he was groomed by a guy who knew what he was doing, but also made a lot of mistakes. He had some health issues, uh, which obviously dwindled his focus a little bit, which is where you have to rely on your team. And the team is very important because nobody can do anything worthwhile solo. So I think what he learned from Eisner was his mistakes and not to repeat those mistakes. And the relationship that uh, Eisner tore apart, specifically with Steve Jobs, Iger worked really hard to repair. And he worked with really difficult people. The Marvel acquisition, if you don't care about anything uh, from the business side, look up how Iger made the acquisition of Marvel. He mm-hmm. worked with against the grain, tooth and nail, because he really wanted that acquisition and knew what it could do for the company. And look what happened. He got one of the biggest franchises and double, triple, quadruple, quintupled Disney's earnings because of that single-handedly. They opened up a whole mm-hmm. land now. So I think the moves right now that we're seeing from Chapek, uh, Chapek, however you say it, are he, – he, he's not going in headfirst into, into the water. He's dipping his toe in. And I'm waiting for him to make a giant move and to see if it's a mistake or not because that's the telling of the direction of a CEO and how big their balls are because, yes, mistakes are made, and some of them can crush a company, but you really can't have them at a position that big. So uh, fingers crossed. Um, Again, Kyle, I do want to talk about that book at some point on this podcast if we have a day where it's you know kind of dry on news, mm-hmm. so we can go really deep into it because that was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. The the, the <laughs> company is in a good financial position right now, so hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, Nick, you made such a great point. I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to say was instead of you know making an acquisition, it almost seems like Chappic doesn't want to do that. Either because he's afraid or, you know, whatever. Um, but he instead, he's choosing the obvious ways, like I said, you know, kind of like raising prices and, you know, adding on extra taxes and, you know, things like that. I mean, that's kind of what it seems like. So whether or not he makes a move like that, we'll see. Yeah. Real, so, oh. yeah. No, go ahead. You're good. I'm not saying anything. Uh, now, before we move on, I have two points. Um, Based off what you guys are saying, I kind of had, like, two thoughts. Um, So the first thing is, what if the reason behind them being very precise and being slow and nothing really happening, you know, is because they're already making all this money. They have no reason to kind of really shell out extra money, you know, they're making from merch, from all this uh, lightning pass, all this. What if they're possibly waiting for Universal to kind of show their cards? And then after that, they decide to do maybe they have like different kind of plans. Say they have a plan A, plan B, plan C, and then pick one of those or something like that. That's a possibility. Two, um, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. This is especially for Kyle. What happens if they get rid of Chapik and the guy that they get is worse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it definitely could happen. But like, I don't know. Like Nolan, you and I talk about like with coaches, especially like, you know, we say if there's a bad coach and he's ruining the team, get him out of there. And then we talk about, you know, well, then we can see who else is a, a available to coach. Because I think there's that, mm-hmm. that thing where like you can do more harm than good. Like, yeah, someone else. You know, there might not be an obvious candidate out there, but, like, if you leave this guy in, maybe he's damaging the brand too much or the team too much. That's just my thought. That is that is a very valid point. And to that, we move on. So, to uh, <laughs> Universal Islands, Epic, um, we have a lot of interesting news that came out. Um, the first thing I just wanted to point out real quick um that uh the universal monster store opened up i'm not sure if you guys seen any pegs vids whatever it is it looks pretty cool um they do have the merch wise i know we talked about i think maybe last episode um it does look a little bit better than what they've been putting out um i think they do have like stuff that nick kind of alluded to or wanted which i think is kind of cool so maybe we are turning a corner and maybe we're getting some good stuff so, um, wait, can I just say something really fast? Yeah, yeah. So, no one was talking about merch real quick. Um I'm not we're not going to talk about details of this thing. You can look up the articles yourself. Uh, there's pictures all over. Um the merchandise that they have uh from a clothing standpoint was done by a guy named Tristan Eaton. 
If you don't know who Tristan Eaton is, I'm here to tell you this fucking guy is a legend in the street art graffiti community. He's done a lot of work with a company called Kid Robot. He did work for the Super Bowl. He was the the program. He did the program uh, cover in what year did we go to NFL Experience, Nolan? When it was in my twenty, I believe. Okay. 2020, 2020, yes, okay, yeah. so he, he did the 2020 program uh, mag cover. His artwork is fucking elite. He's a superior artist. I've been wanting to get something from him for so long, so that is the reason why I'm so fucking excited. Next time I go, I'm <laughs> definitely getting a couple shirts. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, so we're moving positively. So <laughs> um, now to the permits. So we have a huge permit that just came out actually today about – um. Shrek slash Despicable Me slash Minions, whatever you want to call it. So it's official. Every I'm not official, but like pretty much official. So pretty much everybody's thought was pretty much true. Um, it's gonna turn into a Minions ride, where it's gonna be a moving walkway with a. It's, it's pretty much gonna be a moving walkway that is Men in Black, if that would make any sense. Mm. Um, I did hear. I did see. Um. There's going to be physical sets as well as obviously digital when it, when it comes to like shooting and stuff like that. So that's so, a positive. And no, I, yeah, real quick, real no, quick, real quick. Yeah, you go first, and, yeah. then, and then uh, also, um, they're still going to have room for the Horror Nights. So that's no issue when it comes to that. And the word on the street is that they wanted to open it for the movie this summer, like Kyle has been mentioning. But uh, they moved. They're gonna probably open it in early twenty twenty three. Now, Kyle, you're up. Okay. Yeah. So, quick question. I guess. So, what I'm picturing and what it looked like from the picture was, it's almost like it's like you know, like at the airports when they have those moving sidewalks, <laughs> right? That's what it is. Or, right? or like, or yeah. like the luggage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or the luggage carousel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, is it pretty much is that. I I am just curious to kind of because I have never I do think it's cool in a sense because I've never seen a ride like that because I'm like we're trying to think of it how it's like you have all these guests like how big is the conveyor belt like how is it kind of everybody's moving like I like people can't stop and it's it kind of trips me up to think about so that's a cool aspect to kind of you know. Um, I do just wish the theming was different, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't have a problem with Minions or anything like that, I think they're a great IP, but uh, I don't think they're worth two rides, especially right next to each other, you know, but, I mean, if the ride is really cool, and it brings in more guests, and less wait times for the other popular attractions, then I guess I'm for it, so... I'm actually really excited for this. This sounds like a lot of fun. I agree with Nolan. I do wish it were themed to something different from what's already next to it, but it sounds like a lot of fun, so I'm going to be optimistic and hope that they deliver on that. Yeah, and to that point, like, as much as it will be Minion-themed, I mean, really, like, a lot of the rides, like, it doesn't matter what the theme is, to be honest with you. Like, if it's a good ride, it's a good ride. Like, you'll ride it, you know? That is also true, and that also very, when it comes yeah, to this point, ride though. too, it's not just it's not minions; it's more about the villains and stuff. So maybe it's more heavily related to that, where it's not really minions, you know. So maybe I I could see that as well. That would help it. Mm. I'm for it. All right. So after that, we got one more. It's the big one, the money bag. So um, <laughs> Epic Universe had all these permits come out um i'm not sure when because it's been a little bit since we've been on and some big things that they kind of saw in these is that pretty much we have the confirmed land it's pretty much official so we have the harry potter we have or harry, whatever beast harry potter whatever that's going to be um the dreamworks Kenya dragon um nintendo world and monsters land so shout out to Monsters Land for sticking through the wave. Yeah. It finally got to the shore. <laughs> you know, it, it it survived. So that's gonna be really sick. Um, so a couple of things. Um, they are gonna have Donkey Kong the roller coaster opening for the grand opening, which is pretty cool. Mm. 
Um, they're still, I believe, working on the ride for Harry Potter. Not the main attraction, but the second one. Um, they're still kind of deciding, I think, because I think the Fantastic Beast sort of thing is kind of going back and forth. So that's mm-hmm. something to kind of look forward to. Um, the big thing that I saw that I was telling Nick was, um, that in Monsters Land, they obviously had the huge dark ride that was supposed to be kind of very similar to, um, Forbidden Journey, which is supposed to be really cool in itself. But the second attraction was supposed to be a show, which is something that we've been talking about of just Universal not having enough of, and especially when it came to a Monsters theme, I think that'd have been pretty cool. However, the big rumor is that they are changing it to a dark themed roller coaster, which I think would be pretty sick just because I'm thinking of like there's their past with uh, roller coasters and indoor attractions, you know, and they don't, they don't miss when it comes to that, you know, especially if it came to a new park. I think they could really set the tone and that, that could be like one of the most popular, um, uh, lands in the park because you have those two really cool rides supposedly and possibly in the future adding a creature of the black lagoon um boat ride which would be cool mm. and last but not least um the hotel portion of the permits i was looking at and on the internet um so um there's the one hotel which is from the pictures that is going to be legit directly on the uh at the park where it's just inside it which is kind of wild i can't wait to kind of see how that kind of plays out and they also are building two other hotels kind of similar to um maybe royal pacific and or i should say probably hard rock in portofino um how they're kind of right next to each other and right next to the park but you have to kind of walk to it so um they have that also better they're playing in their hand. So there's a lot to kind of digest, but uh, it's sounding like uh, we're, we're, we're making big strides. So. So big strides are being made, which we love. We know we love, we love competition, which is going to put pressure on Disney. And as no one alluded, alluded to before, they're definitely going to pull the trigger on something after this opens. Now here's the, here's the real kicker, right? We got all this cool shit that we're talking about. Oh, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Oh, this is going to cost Universal so much money. Oh, Universal is going to end up passing that on to their guests. So I wonder how much we're going to see a ticket price go for, an annual pass go for, the hotel go for. Uh, is water going to be $7 now? I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm really curious to see from a financial perspective how they tackle all that because obviously it has to be passed on to us. And fun is great, but fun is expensive sometimes. And, uh, we will see, but as Nolan said before, the Universal Monsters Land is like blowing out your birthday candles when you're eight years old and you wish for that best <laughs> gift, and then you unwrap the wrapping paper, and there it is, the toy you've been wanting for the whole year, and I think that's going to be the moment. I'm so excited to see when this opens. I'm probably never going to go anywhere else. Like If we go together, <laughs> I'm probably just going to yeah. meet you guys at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, how long is the line going to be? That's the question. Yeah, well, I guess I'll just be waiting there by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe there'll be like a lightning pass equivalent where you can buy it. You know what, Kyle? That's actually a really interesting point. I really wouldn't be surprised if they do a little copycat and call it, you know, movie pass or something. Yeah. Right. And you also bring a point, too, is how are they going to kind of – have the express passes or the express lane, you know, because obviously in the park, um, they have these new attractions that usually they have to wait a couple of years or months, whatever it is, and then they finally open it. And I'm not sure how they're going to work this whole new park. Um, I have a feeling if I had to put money on it, I feel like it's going to be everybody's in the same line, except for the people that are on the on-site hotel that is in the park, mm. and that's they get that special perk. That's my guess, just because it gives them an extra, oh, like, you get to skip the lines, and you're inside the park, and, you know, all that. So that's kind of cool. And really quick, too, I forgot to mention, um, the word is that, um, I'm not sure if you knew this, Kyle, because I was talking to Nick, too, uh, about it, but um, they're building a road that connects directly from Universal to Epic Universe. 
So it's like a whole construction thing that they're building. Like it's pretty much like Disney, you know, but it's tough because they're also in the middle of the city. So it's not like they have their own, you know, kind of Disneyland. Like they have to build around the like a place where people live, you know. So um, the transportation kind of service is they're, they're building a whole road and whole transportation for buses, all that, all nine yards. And uh, supposedly that's supposed to open or be finished at the end of 2024. And supposedly there might be um, early access starting 2025. Mm. Okay. So 2025. All right. So, but it would probably open 2025 also, right? Yeah, it's gonna. It is opening in the summer of 2025. But you also get that extra six months or so, and possibly for the soft opening, you know, less people, no humidity, you know, there's there's uh, some perks possibly. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Nolan said some really interesting points here. Um, the, from a transportation perspective. I really wanted to see them come up with something revolutionary, kind of like Disney did with the Skyliner, which is the greatest transportation system that's the theme park has ever seen. Um, and if you haven't been on it, absolutely use that thing because that thing is fucking amazing. Um, and unfortunately, we're going back to the tried and true buses, which I can't stand sometimes because it gets mm-hmm. really fucking busy and kids are crying and people are bumping into you. And <laughs> uh, Forget COVID. I don't like being that close to people to begin with, so... Um, I can't say that I'm super excited about that because you know how that goes with capacity and bus lines are ridiculous at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm just super excited for this whole thing. We're getting a lot of good information, a lot of exciting news. I know we're only just at the beginning of 2022, but we saw how quickly COVID has sort of wiped away a few years of our lives. So I think this thing is going to be open before we know it. Yeah, and I mean, I do give them a lot of credit, you know, they could have easily just, it would have sucked, but they could have easily just threw it in a towel and waited maybe five more years or ten mm-hmm. and kind of improved just Universal and Islands, you know, mm-hmm. so for them to kind of, you know, put the trust and their money for building all this rather than maybe, you know, taking less risk, I, I give them a lot of credit, and especially I yeah. think, I mean, we all think it's going to pay off dividends. So, um, I'm just excited, you know, because I was talking to Nick. Um, it's one thing for kind of us to get excited about a ride, you know, with Harry Potter opening or Hagrid's or maybe even like a land as in like Diagon Alley or yeah. Hogsmeade, but a whole theme park, especially when it comes to like IPs that like we really enjoy and like all these new attractions that are high tech, I it's like kind of mind-boggling to like think about like the experiences that we're gonna have and just other people are gonna have you know because it's been pretty much been uh by the time this opens like 25 years because uh animal kingdom and islands were about the same time in the end of the 90s yeah no one i was gonna say that like you guys you know are more involved with it you know because you live in florida than i was like i don't remember that like those parks opening so like I don't I don't I've never really experienced like you know a park opening like that. I really wouldn't say we have either. I think this is something our parents have only really experienced because they got to see the birth of, of the the biggest theme park in the world. So all of them really. So like Nolan said, this is like a super exciting time if you're a theme park guy. So I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, and I mean. Fingers are crossed, but I, I really think they're going to hit it out of the park. You know, I think Universal kind of knows what they're up against and kind of the advantage they would have if they really did their thing. Um, so, obviously, I know that uh, Nick's a big Monsters Land guy, but Kyle's a big um, Harry Potter guy. But besides those two, you guys could obviously switch, but... Um, what's your most excited maybe attraction or something you're looking forward to when it comes to the new part? Nick, what do you think? Okay, we've seen 
the Mario Kart ride already. Well, we've, mm-hmm. we've through video, so we can't we haven't experienced it. But I'm gonna be optimistic and say that that's gonna be a lot of fun. So I'm really, really excited for the whole Mario Land because it just looks like so much fun. The colors, they captured it perfectly. Yeah, Nick, that was that was gonna be my answer too. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. I know we were even like saying, oh, we should go to Japan and uh, and go experience it. Um, <laughs> but I guess if you if that's taken, I, I'm really excited about the um the How to Train Your Dragon or DreamWorks Land, whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. Right. What are they calling it now? Do we know what the final is? I believe it's. I think it's just DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragon. I yeah, think I think they might leave it like that in case they want to expand it. Yeah, I kind of saw the way that I saw it, or like I saw a mock up of it was like it was similar to um to Avatar, um to you know kind of like you're riding on like one of the dragons and like a sporting mm-hmm. bike ride, like that would be really cool. So I would I'd be excited about that. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was gonna say that too because I think that is one of the biggest. Uh, spots in the park you know they have a lot of attractions set up for there um it's like the only probably kidsy spot when it comes to the new park and uh um they like kyle was saying they have a lot of cool ideas when it comes to attractions and i saw um they're definitely gonna have the um show attraction which is gonna hold a ton of people i think it's like mm-hmm. maybe 700 to 900 people you know per thing and obviously state of the art technology all this so that's some really cool and uh, I think also too, just the ode to uh, dueling dragons right next to it, right next to it, you know, mm. um, that's gonna be really cool. Cause uh, I mean, kind of seeing that in the park, you know, I, I kind of think of like Rip Red Rocket, but like on steroids, you know, mm-hmm. because you could see all these links, you, you could see Mario, I was saying Mario Party, you could see Nintendo, you could see uh, Harry Potter, you could see monsters. And then you have like this huge dueling roller coaster. It's kind of like something like you like imagine and dream about, you know. It's with the colors mm-hmm. and it looks really cool. It's supposed to be a space theme, which I think is really wow. cool too. So mm-hmm. maybe it could uh, knock uh, Space Mountain out the water. Nah, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> Nolan, you you yeah. gave me an idea, or not an idea, but just like a question. So why yeah. does Harry Potter World, like the new one, why doesn't it have a show lined up? Or does it? Because they the way that like I don't know if you know if anyone's seen uh, Cursed Child on Broadway, but I mean the special effects on that is unbelievable. What they can do on stage, and so like a Harry mm-hmm. Potter magic show would be incredible there. I think they want two attractions. You know, I think yeah. For them, I think if they were available, if they could have a third attraction, I think a show would be awesome. And even even in my opinion, I think if they had a show, that would be really cool. Um, I just think in their minds that they want to – it's because it's Harry Potter, you know? So they want to have as much people glued to this section of the park. And I think right. the way you do that is probably adding two, like, state-of-the-art attractions. Um, yeah. But, like, I'm very curious because, you know, like, um, it is supposed to be some – I forget – it was uh i was i'm the uh the weasley car right was was that they were talking about i think the that car was, yeah like, the rumor yeah. yeah so you so you have that but it's just like what else can you possibly kind of put next to it which is like kind of you know it would make sense to maybe roll the dice and put a um fantastic beast attraction there you know like you were saying earlier yeah. in the episode, like if it doesn't really matter too much about you know the theming, if the ride is like amazing, right. you're gonna like care more about that, you know. And I think that's kind of what they need to think about because at a point, it gets to start being a little bit too much Harry Potter, like you know, because you're already supposedly um, expanding Universal too as it is. So you know, yeah. I get that, and then I guess until you said, you know, like, you know, too much Harry Potter, like, my point was going to be the main criticism of the lands, that, so the two lands that currently exist, the Harry Potter ones, uh, especially when the first one first opened, was that there weren't enough rides, or there weren't enough attractions, mm-hmm. and so, like, that's kind of, that was kind of my point, was, like, 
you know, why don't you extend Harry Potter world a little bit more and give it, you know, two rides and a show or three rides or whatever. Like that's, that's your money maker. I don't understand why they don't want to put in rides. Right. And I think that's why if you had a show there, I think that'd be really cool because there's yeah. so many things you do with that, you know, like there's right. so many interactive things and it's just a huge IP that a lot of people would like line up for each and every day, you know? So yeah, exactly. I guess it's something we'll have to see. Maybe they might put in an expansion there. You know, there's, there's just, there's so much land in the plans that I think every land possibly could be expanded to add this or that, or even possibly add more lands if they wanted to, which is something really cool to think about. Right. So, go Kyle here was, and say, bring back bad. shows. That's it. Done. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree, though. I think. Um, a couple shows, especially if they, they do it right, I think would be mm-hmm. a huge thing. Just because, obviously, too, is Florida's, Florida's really hot all the time, you know? Right. And you get tired, you're waiting in lines, you're hungry, this and that. Shows are not a bad thing, especially if you do them right. And in a park like this, I feel like it is, like, the perfect it, – it's kind of like a picture, you know? You got all these fastballs, fastballs. You got a two-seamer. You got a four-seamer. You got everything. You need the you need the change up. You need the change curveball. Up. You yes, gotta, mm-hmm. You need your repertoire. You know. You need, and that's how you become an ace. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. not, not, for the, not for the not for the though. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was that was a lot of information. Sorry if that was kind of hurting your head, but uh, it's been a hot minute. So, um, <laughs> last but not least, we got our history portion and. I have an awesome question that I will ask you guys next week. I know I've been talking about it, but I want to save it for next week, I think. So um, our history portion of the week is nothing too difficult, um, but it is today, yep, February 10th. um, Somebody was born, uh, and they're highly involved in stuff when it comes to something that we talk about. So I'll leave it there, and then I'll – I'll add some hands. So we're looking for a birthday? Yeah. Uh, it's highly involved in the parks. Is it a fictional character? No. Is this person still alive? Yeah. Are they still person- with the company? Yes. That's a loose yes. Hmm. I, my <laughs> guess was Bob Iger. <laughs> no. Well, it is Bob Iger. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It, uh, <laughs> wow, happy birthday. Yeah, February 10th. He uh, just turned um, 71. Big 71. Wow. Damn, look at you, Bobby. Shit. Yup, yup. And uh, do you guys know when he took over Disney? Oh, you probably you guys probably know. Uh, I don't remember the year. I I think I know the year, but Nick, you go. Ninety-six. I think it was it was two thousand five, right? Two thousand and five. Was it two thousand five? Nolan, yeah, it Nolan, was. That it? Yep. Oh no, yeah, it had to be because he was for fifteen years. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, remember, I remember the book. I remember. <laughs> doing that yeah, yeah, yeah. Book. Yeah, March thirteenth, two thousand five. So yeah, it's uh, Kyle. Kyle knows his stuff. Um, but yeah, it's. I know you guys were talking about, it, but we could talk about maybe even possibly next week. But um, that book um was is a uh, autobiography or just uh yeah it was yeah autobiography. Yeah. Yeah, so um, if you guys need a book, I, mean, I haven't read it, but I mean, it sounds very enticing for me, and I'm a really tough sell when it comes to books. Um, so, you know, if you yeah. guys need a book, what's it called? Uh, the, Ride, the Ride of a Lifetime. A lifetime right? The Ride of a Lifetime by Mr. Bob Iger yeah. and Co. <laughs> and Bob Chappie. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that was written was approved by Chapstick. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
<laughs> yeah. All right. You guys got uh, anything else? No, not on my end. Be kind. Any That's comments, it. questions, concerns? Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Take your mom. Call your mom and tell you tell her you love her. That's about it. All right. Hey, that's good advice. Very good. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, um, as always, make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at For Your Movement or For Your Movement Podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to us on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.